Edda. Wriggles free of Koscielny. Edda shot! Super strike! Hello and welcome to the Nutmeg Arena podcast, brought to you by the Nutmeg Assist. Uh, we're back for another episode, and this time we talk about Portugal and their chances in the World Cup. I have here with me three guests. Two of them are new. One you must be familiar with. All right, guys, you guys ready to introduce yourself? Let's go ahead. Who wants to go first? Let's start. All right, with what's the new going guys. on, guys? I'm Cristiano Oliveira, uh, long-time uh, Portuguese soccer fan. Obviously, I was born there. I didn't have a choice, so Portugal is my birth nation. <laughs> um, that's the squad I'm rooting for here in this uh, 2018 World Cup in Russia. Yo, what's up, guys? I'm Zach Lowy, um, creator of BreakingLines.com and Associate Counts. I. Uh, I don't particularly like Portugal, but I'm seeing them live in a few weeks for the World Cup, and <laughs> I've always been intrigued with Portuguese soccer, so uh, I'm really excited to talk about Portugal on this podcast today. Hater. Why, if you say that you're not particularly a Portuguese fan, then why Portugal? Which which team do you root for, um, Zach? I mean... Is it, it, I'm, is it just because of the I'm an American. Play? I'm an American, right. and I have uh, Italian blood, so both of my teams are are, oh. are out of it. But <laughs> now I to be honest, I was even before both of them got eliminated. I was always going to root for uh, Lionel Messi. He's been my favorite player, you know, forever. So, mm-hmm. um, so no and so I mean, I was always betting on, you know, I rooted for Argentina last World Cup. I'm going to do it again, <laughs> um, and yeah, I really hope that uh, Messi can bring it home. Um, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's, he's the GOAT for me. He's, he's my favorite player ever. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be cheering for Argentina once again. Yeah, so it's actually, it's like a um, contradiction, you know? You, have, you are a Messi fan and you're going to talk about a Ronaldo team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of things that Portugal... Does a lot better than Argentina, um, and I think you could you could even argue that Portugal may have a better chance of winning the World Cup. Um, yeah, and, but I mean, you know, no matter how much you hate a team, uh, when they're yeah. as good as Portugal, I mean, you have to give that respect and you have to address yeah, that respect, what makes yeah, them so important. Yeah, Definitely. it has to be there. Okay, and third guest for the show is. Go ahead. Yep. Hello, guys. You already familiar with me. I'm the metaphor guy, Ruthvik. So I guess I guess you're listening to my uh, shows on YouTube as well. So the transfer shows, the big contract, and th- there's plenty of new shows coming up as well. So stay tuned, and it's always nice to be in a pod. So thank you guys. And I am Catalyst Shankar, the host for the day. All right, you guys ready to go? Let's do this. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing, guys, uh, going back to 2016 Euros, did you guys, give me an honest opinion, did you guys think that Portugal might nick it through to the final 
And when they reached the final, where they played France, who were the favorites to win the tournament, did you guys think they might win the tournament? No, absolutely not. And being Portuguese, we're always pessimistic. And uh, we did not think, uh, even though we had Ronaldo on our side, obviously we could speak about that till the cows come home. But there's been a lot of doubt with these Portuguese national teams over the years where we're expected to do certain things and then we don't, we just come up short. And in this one, I think it was totally opposite. I think expectations were low heading into the World Cup aside from the Ronaldo factor. And uh, we played some gritty, ugly football. We got through and even in the finals, I must admit, I, I didn't think we could, you know, squeak that one by France. And in particular, when Ronaldo goes down in the first half and the task got a lot tougher, yeah. it, it was just it was just one of those mission impossible type of scenarios. But fortunately for all of us Portuguese, Eder came through, uh, who I don't think uh, many people wanted to even have this guy on the roster. And when he <laughs> and when he gets on the field, we're all just shaking our heads like, are you serious? I mean, can't things get any worse? And. Obviously, he scores that that goal from outside the box, which I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that questioned what the hell he was doing and thinking, you know, right before he pulled the trigger. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? And then like, yeah, yeah, fantastic. And, you know, I mean, it's just one of those moments you're never going to forget. Uh, I'll never forget where I was at at that moment. And it was an incredible, incredible moment for for myself, for, for Portuguese football um, for over the years, you know, a country who has always produced quality players but has never been able to get the respect from yeah. the international uh, media or even fans uh, alike. And it was just a tremendous feeling. Like I said many times, for many years, yeah. I couldn't sit down at the big at the big boy table. I had to sit with the little kid yeah. table, you know? And once we got that cup, now I finally reserved myself a seat at the big boy table. And so it was a tremendous feeling, man. Right. Yeah. So were you your live that game, Olivier? No, I was not. I watched it live, but I was not. At, I okay. was not in France for that. No. Mm -hmm. What about you, Zach? Um, I think I was at home watching that game. It was funny because I remember one of my guys I was following at that time. Um, I think he was from either Delhi or Hyderabad. He tweeted like a like a few months before. Adair is going to lead Portugal to World Club glory. And I remember thinking, like, yo, Adair is terrible. Like, there's, like, I don't even know if he'll get into the world, to the Euro squad. Like, this man is just a terrible footballer. And, but, I mean, he just went ahead and did it. And, I mean, I agree with Cristiano. I mean, that, that Portugal team did play ugly football. I mean, I'm pretty sure they finished, like, third in a pretty terrible group with, like, I don't know, like, Iceland and Hungary and Austria, if I'm correct. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. or something like that, yeah. And but they they played pretty terrible football throughout. Which you know, to be fair, um, a lot of teams played ugly football in that tournament. But I think Portugal. I mean, I I can't say they didn't deserve it. I mean, to have your best player get injured um, throughout the game, and it was it was a cynical tackle by Payet. All right, it wasn't yep. it wasn't like a an unlucky foul or anything. Um, yeah. To have your best player go down and then just come out of nowhere and have Adair score the craziest goal ever. I mean, that's insane. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think I thought that Italy was was going to win it. They just looked, they looked good. But I also thought Germany, France, I never, it never crossed my mind that Portugal, they just didn't look good enough. But I mean, it's truly, a, truly an underdog's victory. And, um, you know, I, I got to say, I ended up, Liking a lot of players on that Portugal team, even though I never 
particularly like Portugal, and I kind of uh, gained a lot of respect for that kind of underdog mantra. Now, look, I hate to admit this, but I'll say this. Portugal, in a way, got very lucky to get out of the group. I mean, when you Definitely, consider yeah. that they Definitely. changed the rules and regulations of things now where, you know, the third best uh, two of the three, you know, the third best teams position, whatever, they, they qualify. It's just to me, it became watered down now. I'll tell you the truth. It's not going to mean any less to me that we won the mm -hmm. Euro, but. We're very fortunate to get out of the group. I mean, in other tournaments, we'd be packed, you know, be packing our bags and going home. So, um, very fortunate to come out. We're, you know, we were able to pull off some gritty victories. Is about defend, 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 Fernando Santos style. And look, he says it all the time. If if you don't score on us, we can't lose. Um, and they, yeah. I, I, and it's kind of hard to criticize that, even though we want beautiful, attractive soccer with the caliber of players that that that, that Portugal possess. We would like that they would. We, we'd like to think that they would play some attractive football. That being said, that's not Fernando Santos' style. And as long as it keeps winning, he keeps getting results. Who the hell am I to criticize the man? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. That's definite, yeah, but, uh, okay, okay, Shang. So if you look at if you look at the uh, just going a bit away from the topic now, if you look at how Mourinho plays, you know, it's pretty defensive style of football. Mourinho, even Diego Simeone. No one particularly likes that kind of football because it's more focused on the defensive style of things. But they are winning things, yep. so you can't really, can't really um, say and criticize them, saying that, come on, you can't play like that because yep. they are winning stuff. They're yep. they're always there among the top clubs. So similar case with Portugal as well, I think. So uh, as long as you win it, no one complains, basically. So Portugal like, like I would. Yeah, like Christian. I would personally. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, like Christ ahead. like Cristiano said, uh, Portugal were very lucky to get out of the group. I guess uh, they finished with three points. Yeah. I guess in the group. Yeah, they, they didn't. They, they drew all the three. Yep, all the yeah. three games, and I guess they were lucky against Croatia in the knockouts as well. Uh, where when the the game went to penalties uh, as well. So, yep, they they were pretty lucky to be in the final to be in the first place and in the final. When Cristiano actually went, I thought the game was over because France, obviously, in the 90 minutes of play, France had some very good chances as well. Olivier Giroud, I guess they had some great chances, but it just didn't go in. It just didn't go in at all. And suddenly, Ada comes out of uh, out of, comes out of out of the bench and he bangs one in from outside the box, and that goes in. Crazy, crazy scenes it was because. I was watching here. I, I was rooting for France to win, but it just goes that out of nowhere, and you no, know, it's 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 all it it's all had to do with luck as well. So there's a, there's a lot of luck. For me, it was poetic justice, man. Let me tell you guys something. Believe it or not, that day I was at a at a, one of my best friends. He his he had his kids christening that day, and we all couldn't believe it. Like, bro, you had to schedule the christening on a day of the final. And he told me <laughs> himself, he's like, bro, I, I scheduled this like six months ago, and I never thought Portugal could get to the final. So that's my <laughs> schedule. I mean, I'm being brutally honest, right? That being said, when Ronaldo yeah. went down, I turned to everybody, and as nervous as I was, I had to kind of say something, right? This huge party that we're you know gathered with friends and family, and I, I turned around and you know I had to lift people's spirit, and I said, yeah, look. That right there, that 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 shows that means to me we're gonna win this. And they're like, "Are you crazy?" And in a way, like I said, poetic, just because I think Portugal over the last 
10 years, I say since Cristiano Ronaldo's popped up and, and become the, 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 you know, the, the superstar that he's become, a lot of people have criticized Portugal in saying that Portugal is a one-man team. And I've always fought that notion because I always felt that, okay, mm -hmm. you might not have other superstars on the roster, but you have very good players. You look up yeah. and down the roster, majority yep. of those guys yep. playing the biggest teams in Europe. Definitely. But yet, yeah, getting yeah. the respect. And I said, right now, these guys are going to win it without Cristiano Ronaldo, and they're finally going to get the respect that they so deserve over the years because this is not a team with a bunch of bums and one superstar. Yeah. This is a team with a bunch of professionals that play on the best teams in the world, They're just not Cristiano Ronaldo. He's the guy that gets all the attention. And so I happen to be lucky with, with, with that guess, but it's exactly what happened. Portugal finally got its due, due respect uh, without Ronaldo on the pitch. And it was, I mean, Zach, Evan, pull it yeah. back for that shot. Like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, <laughs> obviously, Ronaldo is a class above everyone else, but I don't know how you can call Portugal a one-man team when they literally won the – Uh, when the European Championships without Ronaldo, I remember. I think I think Santos just said the other day in a press conference, like he literally responded to a question on like Portugal being a one-man team, and he said like we literally won the Euros without Ronaldo. So I mean, Zach, I'm talking yeah, about we, I'm talking about at the finals. I'm talking about in the Euro, going into that Euro, and you know that the criticism of Portugal over the years has been that they're a one-man team. I'm talking about going yeah. into the Euro. now. I think. Things are a little bit different. And like you said, Fernando Santos does have some ammunition and saying we won the Euro without Cristiano Ronaldo. And now people starting to maybe give him a little bit more respect. But going into that tournament, that's all they talked about. You know, Portugal go yeah, as Ronaldo exactly. goes. Yeah, exactly, and I think exactly. Portugal are, in, in my opinion, they're, they're weaker than they were in 2016. But I, I don't – I actually, for some reason, I feel like Portugal have I, – I think I, like, have bigger expectations for them in 2018 than I did in 2016 just because I think that like um, I'm, I'm not convinced with a lot of the opposition still but Portugal I know they have the tools to uh, come through and, and win it. I disagree with you that they're weaker now. I think they're better now. The only thing is this. This is the bigger guys for, for all three of you. This is all you need to know about Portugal. Okay? Yeah. Portugal play up to their competition. When you expect Portugal to come out and beat a team handily, they they, they crap the bed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When they when they're not supposed to beat the the Francis of the world, right? They come out mm -hmm. whether it's pretty or ugly, no one cares. In 20 years, no one's going to remember that Ronaldo got hurt and that Portugal tied three games in the group and that they got out of the. Yeah. All they all they'll know is hey. 2016 Euro is Portugal, and that's the way they are. When they're not expected to perform, they perform, and when they are, they don't. And so we don't know what Portugal we're going to see here in the World Cup. I mean, I expect them to show up against Spain, but then you got Morocco, and you Iran, have Iran. Iran yep. And to me, those teams shouldn't pose a threat, but they are going to pose a threat just because of the way Portugal has played over the years. Yeah. yeah, because when I, I was just having a look at the uh, number of games that Portugal played uh, from the Euro finals. So they played 19 games, including the World Cup qualifiers and all the friendlies. They've just lost three. And one was to Netherlands, one was, uh, one was to Switzerland, and one was to Chile. But the Chile one was a draw, and then they lost in penalties. They won every other game. Oh, maybe maybe one or two draws here and there. That's it. But they won majority of that 19 games, you know. So right. they're never a. Uh, they're not coming into this tournament uh, as an underdog anymore. 
Well, they just tied to, what was it, Tunisia? 2-2? I mean, a game yeah, they were yeah, up 2-0, yeah, yeah. and they tied Tunisia at home. I mean, that's nothing to brag about. <laughs> yeah. I, I, in losing to Netherlands, I think this ain't the 2010 Netherlands. This is the 2018 yeah. Netherlands that, that that's not even in the World Cup. You know what I mean? So, yes. those are two but, results that leave you scratching your head. Yes, yeah, Switzerland... They lost that game, but then they made it up with the last game of the qualification for the World Cup at Stadio to lose a game that I was privileged yeah. to be at a game that it was it, it, I was just sitting there in the stands and while singing the national anthem, tears were just running down my face. It was just a tremendous I've never felt anything like that. The crowd, it was it was it was the loudest I've ever heard Stadio to lose, and I've been at the Stadio to lose plenty of times. Uh mm-hmm. but Portugal were able to reverse that result and were able to come out of the group in first place. But they've had some performances that have not been impressive. Again, the, the performance against Tunisia at home is a performance that leaves you scratching your head. And against Belgium, I guess that is a good result considering you're on the road without Ronaldo. And Belgium is a team that, whether you think they're going to do damage in this World Cup or not, that's irrelevant. Their roster, 1 through 11 at least, is a roster that's very well put together, at least a starting 11. Yes, and yes. Portugal were able to go there. And, and, and play, I, I like uh, Portugal had the better of the game in that game, which I was surprised. So that result gives you a little bit of confidence. Now let's see what happens on Thursday at home at Stade to lose once again against Algeria. Right. But I would not be surprised if it was one of another one of those duds because again, Portugal plays up to their competition. <laughs> but let me remind you that Germany have not won a single game of their last five friendlies, and I still think they're probably considered favorites going into the World Cup. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I think a, that these... Probably these might be friendlies. because of the squad depth and yeah. the way one, they... One through 23, they're stacked. But I don't, I don't think you should play... I don't think you should um, play much into these friendlies. I mean, I think... I think one... Well, I think Peru is the only team that is... In which these past few friendlies has really changed my mind. Like, like I thought... Uh, Peru, we're just gonna go. We're just gonna, you know, be quiet. But I gotta say, these past two friendlies, they're they're winning and they're playing really good football. That's that's changed my life. I think they could be a dark horse going in. Um, but I mean, these friendlies, in my opinion, are more about judging players than judging teams. You know, I think, I mean, from the few friendlies that I've kept up with, Nigeria, Portugal, you know, Croatia, I think it's more about judging players rather than a team itself. But I mean, yeah, we can. We'll certainly see how how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to add anything to that metaphor, guy? They've put in a lot of very good points over there. Yes, and yep, I I like to add a add just one more point there, because if if you look at Portugal's uh, World Cup uh, qualifying uh, uh, group, uh, they played ten, they won nine, they just lost one. So they they had twenty seven points, finished top of the group. Switzerland finishing second, and if you look at the goal scorers, Cristiano leads the goal scoring charts there for Portugal with fifteen. So and you have Andre Silva with nine goals as well. So to be honest, Andre Silva has somewhat lived up to the expectations when playing in the national team. Because absolutely, yep. But at at AC Milan, things haven't gone his way this season. But uh, yeah, but 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 playing for the national team, he looks a completely different player. So, I, I even remember talking about Andre Silva. I even remember, if I'm right, um, Ronaldo saying that he's one of the 
next superstars in world football. Yep, yep, definitely. Yep. But I think when he moved to AC Milan, it didn't quite work out for him in the last couple of years. Yeah, look, I'm same. not. I think, I'm not. Yeah. No, I think. Well, first of all, I mean, I, I did. I've done a lot of research on this kid. I, I like Silva a lot, um, but I, I want to remind you that, I mean, Portugal are not a team that has been blessed with uh, good center forwards in the past few years. I mean, Hugo Almeida, um, uh, Oliveira, um, Rui Fonte. I mean, so many people, so many strikers cracked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bustiga. So the only up. one, the only one that was worth a, was worth two cents was Pauleta. He was the all-time. The only one who was worth two cents was Ada, who actually scored the damn goal. Nah, but <laughs> Pauleta, <laughs> Pauleta had done a tremendous job. Look, Pauleta wasn't the world's best player anywhere near it, but on the national team, he scored and he performed. I'm one just answering your questions. That, I mean, ever, yes, of all time. Yeah, you're mentioning bums compared to Paulita. That's why I'm just... And again, okay. I, I thought I thought he was an average player, but when you're mentioning the, the Nelson Olivetas, the, you know, Hugo Almeidas, the Bustigas, the, you know, come on, bro. There's there's so many other players that... I just, I just want to remind you that, you know, talking about Silva being a flop, which I agree, he was he's certainly been a waste of money Based on this season, you know, no way he's 38 million based on what he's done at AC Milan. I, but but I'm he, not I sure he's a waste think, of money though. I think no, people no, no. jump yes, jump to I conclusion or to, to judge guys off the wing. He needed to adapt totally on a team on a team that was that was in turmoil at the beginning of the season. Coaching changes. Uh, he bring in a coach that believed in him. That invested 38 million on him. Switched to a coach that is about tenacious tenaciousness, about a about guys that are put, you know wearing their heart on their sleeves. And Andres not that type of guy, so I can and understand. I, I completely agree with you, but and I okay. think that I've said repeatedly that Milan should avoid going for a Radamel Falcao or a Mario Mandzukic, and instead stick with Silva and and try to pair him up and gel him with Cutrone. Um, but I'm just saying, uh, look. Compare Silva to the past few uh, top number nines. And by the way, I don't think Silva should start um, in most in, in most scenarios. But, I mean, if, if we see that, okay, Ronaldo clearly can't function without, you know, uh, a playmaker, which which I think I think that could be the case to Silva starting because I've seen a few games of Real Madrid this, this season where, where Ronaldo just stays up up top by himself without Benzema, and he looks so much, he, he looks so invisible. He's, you know, Benzema, while, you know, he gets scapegoated so much, he really does so much work for Ronaldo. And I think that, I think Ronaldo has praised Silva a lot because he knows he can be uh, his Benzema, potentially his Benzema, still far off that level. But I see a lot of the same tools in terms of his playmaking, playmaking ability. And um, I, I think that he can be very similar to Benzema in the future. Um but yeah, I don't, I don't know what's your what's your preferred uh, eleven for Portugal. But uh, personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't start Silva just yet. But I could certainly see the. He's argument. gonna start. He's gonna start. And Portugal should yeah, play in sir. a four three three. Yep, yep. Play Silva at the nine. Ronaldo coming from his favorite position on the left wing. Bernardo Silva on the right. 
Um, William Carvalho at the six. And then the two guys in the middle that I believe should start. Barely got any playing time so far, but I think they're way better options than, than the João Moutinho's and even the João Mario's, a guy who did not have a tremendous season. I want to go with two guys that were at the top of their game and at the top of their form, and that was Bruno Fernandes and Manuel Fernandes, who just voted locomotive uh, player of the year. I think those two guys, along with William Carvalho, will be able to not just move the ball around. They'll be able to create for the likes of a Cristiano Ronaldo and Andres Silva and, and get Bernardo Silva involved in there somewhere. But don't give me no João Moutinho and even João Mario. And I know João Mario is a little better player than what we've seen over the last two years, especially since he moved his move mm -hmm. to Inter Milan. Yeah. Uh, he played a little bit better once, since joining West Ham. But still, I want to go with two guys that give me uh, not just flair going forward but they could actually get back track back and recover and especially when you're playing in a 4-3-3 you need horses you need guys to get back and track back and and clog up some space so to me that would be my uh my six going forward zach and in the back that's, it's that's a fair six but i i don't think any team uh in particular should be glued to a single formation so i think you know if, if you want to get some pace on the wings i could certainly see the argument for playing bernardo in the 10 and uh, Getch and maybe even Gelson on the wings. I mean, I think it really depends in, in certain games, you know, whether you need Ronaldo to have support. Zach, I, I get all that. Zach, I get all yeah. that. But you have to, you, have, you, you guys seem to forget. We're not talking about Carlo Ancelotti here or yeah. Pep Guardiola or even Zidane. I know, we're talking stuff. about Fernando Santos. We're talking about Fernando Santos who, who thinks, prioritizes defense over anything. So, yes, that's a pipe dream. I will, you ask me, yeah, I want Geds on one side, Bernardo on another side. Yeah, I want gung-ho, but it's not going to happen. I'm looking at what's most likely going to happen, and I think they will employ a 4-3-3. Unfortunately, I just think it's going to be João Mario, João Moutinho, and, and, and William in the middle rather than the Fernandes guys alongside William, unfortunately. I feel like Getz definitely has a strong argument after the season he's just had. But yeah, I mean, be I tremendous think, off the bench. It'll be tremendous off the bench. Yeah, that's true. And so will Gelson, perhaps. But I think... Gelson, I mean, not Gelson. Gelson, sorry. I mean, I think it's... I mean, it is going to be interesting. But, I mean, according to you, and I mean, I agree with you, there's only one person who can do what Benzema does for Ronaldo in this Portugal squad, and that's Andre Silva. And, I mean, I agree. He's, I agree. The, only, he's the only striker we... I mean, because to me... Don't tell me Ronaldo's a striker. I mean, even though I believe nowadays he should be playing the nine, but he's not going to play. He says his favorite position is on the left, coming in from the left. And the other guy on the team that you could say is a striker, but he's not a striker. We know, and that's Getz, Gonzalo Getz. He's not a yeah. he's not a striker as well. There's only one true striker on this squad, and that's Andres Silva. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 What is the difference that you think? Now we've been talking about the strikers. What do you think the difference is from the 2016? Um, if you look at the defense, because everyone's aging and the players are same. It's everyone. I think it's Pepe is 35 and uh, Alves, Bruno Alves is 36. <laughs> and even Jose Fonte is 33, 34. 34, like yeah, 34. Yeah, but the only guy that should be playing out of all those guys is Pepe. Along, and the guy that should be playing in the middle should be Ruben Diaz, who's 20. Mm -hmm. One, I don't know. 21. I'm not sure he's 21. Yeah, I, think, he's 21. I think he's still 20. He's 21. Like Ruben Diaz should. Oh, he's 21 already? Yeah, okay. He's 21. Ruben Diaz should start alongside Pepe with Cedric on the right and Rafael Guerrero, who's 25. So, I mean, when you look at it, yeah, you have dinosaurs as center back, but. 
neither of them should play. The only one that should play is Pepe. And Pepe, say what you want. When he's healthy, he's still fantastic center back. Yeah, he's good. I, he's I think Fonse did well against Belgium, though. That, and I think that Santos may, as a result, opt for Fonte in the first game. I know. I agree, so, Zach. But, I mean, I that's think... Not, that wouldn't be my choice, but I agree. It's tough, because, like, I mean, you got four center backs, and, and we've been we've known for a while that Portugal are in a center back crisis. I mean, you got you got Ruben Diaz, who hasn't even had a full season, really, at Benfica. Only just started starting, but been pretty good. Um, and then you got, you know, Pepe, who's, you know, still amazing, but in Turkey. Fonte, that man's in China. Um, Bruno Alves, I don't even know if he's still on a team. I think he may he last for Rangers. Rangers. Is he still on Rangers? I thought he terminated yeah. his contract. Okay. Yeah. But and I, I would not have called up Alves because I feel like they're... I mean, I guess you want him in the locker room. Um, no, but I think I think Bruno Alves serves a purpose, though, guys. I think Bruno Alves, Alves serves he, a purpose. He's yeah, big, he, he physical. Yeah. He's a big, physical, strong defender. A guy who is not scared to run through a wall. And when you're talking about the style of soccer that Portugal play, yeah, when they're yeah. trying to cling to, you know, hold on to a one nothing lead, yeah. right, every game, in the last 15 minutes, a guy like Bruno Alves will be invaluable. A guy like that, you need him against the Germanys of the world, the Denmarks of the world, the Croatias, the teams with the big boys, to be in a box and just clearing out crosses. I mean, so he serves a purpose. Now, if he's your starting center back, yeah, I mean, that's a huge problem. But if he's a guy that you're bringing in in the last 15 minutes to clear up or hold on to a score, you know, I don't have a problem with it, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I, one thing that I... Uh, Zach, you want to add before? Okay, go go ahead. Jack. Yeah, I was Zach, go, go. quick, quick. I think, I mean, I would have liked to see Paulo Oliveira or Edgar Ye, or even like, I would have honestly called up Ruben Semedo if he didn't decide to play ah. Grand Theft Auto in real life, like midway through the season and get arrested for a murder. Um, <laughs> but, a murder, I mean, kidnapping, yeah. attempted murder. I, I, kidnapping, attempted yeah, murder. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, go ahead with your point. Okay. <laughs> hey, the point is they yeah. have a CB crisis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what I was actually thinking was uh, when I meant about the ages, uh, you know, playing in a club is different to playing in the World Cup because these guys, okay, you have to admit that they're all in there, and along with being physical, that's fine, but every three days you're going to play a game and consider, say, let's suppose that Portugal is reaching maybe the quarterfinal state at least, minimum. Yeah. So, um, so every three days, do you think that this aging defense can cope up with that kind of physicality? Yeah, that's what I mean. It could, it could. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think they do have enough depth in between the four guys at center back, between Ruben Diaz, Pep, and look, it's every three games in the first round, and after that, it becomes a game every five, six days. You know, what yeah, I mean, you get yeah, a little yeah. bit more so, of a break. There's a gap. Um, there's a gap. Yeah, there's a little bigger gap, but I, I think between the four guys at center back, there's enough depth and now. Again, my concern is if a Bruno Alves is starting, even if Jose Font, I think Font will initially start, but I think at some point he'll get burned by somebody, and Fernando mm. Santos is going to have no choice but to turn to Ruben Diaz, and I think once Ruben Diaz gets in there, he's going to hold on to that spot. Um, he's a very physical defender, you know, guy, another one, very aggressive. He plays, yeah. it, it's just... Portuguese center back MO. These guys come in there and try to tear everything apart. Um, their objectives get the ball, get the ball out of the, the you know their zone. And so he's one of those kids who's come to Benfica uh, from their B team, and the kid did not look out of place. He had a spectacular season. 
And so I think it's a matter of time before he gets in there. And I'm not really worried about those other guys. I mean, age is not. Look, if you're playing a half hour a game, I'm not really too concerned. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, to be quite honest with you, I mean, I love scouting players. You know, I've scouted a ton of Portuguese center backs between like Figueiredo, EA, uh, Ruben Semedo. I got to say, Ruben Diaz is like the only one who who I would actually put money on becoming like a 50 million player one day. By far. By far. I mean, the guys, I mean, the guys heads over here. I mean, he's way better than all those guys. Nowhere near. I mean, those guys, all hype, all whatever, but come on. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that he plays at Benfica because there's plenty of guys that play at Porto Sport that'll tell you are good. I just, Edgar, Edgar, yeah, we're talking about a guy that plays center back, Zach. He struggled yes. at center back. He played majority of the season at Lille, who got relegated in Lille on at right no, back. No, no, they stayed up. They oh, they up. stayed up? I thought they got relegated. Okay, I, uh, I'm misinformed on well, that. Well, I mean, but, they, he, they were but he was playing right back. Yeah, he was playing right back. I, I agree with the point, but I mean, at the same time, yeah, they were close to being relegated in the entire season. But then again, so were Southampton. And you've got you've yeah. got um, Santos who decided to call up. Exactly. The difference. The difference. The difference is that that whether you like Cedric or not, I, yeah. I I still don't understand all the praise that this guy gets in England, but he's one of the better three right backs in all of England. So. It's a lot different being one of the three better right backs. And, yeah, you might be in a relegation zone and a relegation battle. Yeah, But that's a league that you're playing against but, top caliber every single week as opposed yeah. to... But if, but, if okay, look, so. but if you look at it, Ricardo, Pere, Ricardo Pereira had a good season, I guess, at Port. So, so. Yeah, he had a really good season. He great, but yeah. he's not going to start. He's not going to start. Okay. It's going to be sad. I've always loved Pereira. I'm glad he made that move. Yep, yep. Yeah. Apparently, Porto has lost all both their uh, right backs. I guess D- Diego Dalot yeah. making the move to United as well. Yeah, Diego Dalot wasn't their right back though. He was their emergency right back. Their their right back was Moxie Pereira. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, Ricardo yeah. Pereira took his spot, <laughs> and then Diego Dalot came in and he became a guy that adapted at left back, at right back. He played multiple positions, and the kid to his to his credit. Uh, played very well, and then they just decided to go ahead and give them the keys to the to, to the Ferrari. Yeah. Mm, if yeah. I'm Porto, I mean, you've got you've got both Delote and Ricardo leaving before the World Cups even started. If I'm Porto, I would I would sell Maxi Pereira, buy a really exciting right back. Um, they already have and, and Zach. They have they have someone that came and they got to Portugal today. Play he's Brazilian kid João Pedro or something like that. He's yeah, part of the Brazilian under twenty under twenty right. national team. But Zach, wait. Zach, so you think it, it's going to be Pedro and Maxi? It, it, Maxi, if you think if you think that Porto can get anything for Maxi Pereira at this stage in his career, I got the Brooklyn Bridge to sell you. <laughs> That's true. that's fair enough. I mean, I also I liked Fernando Fonseca a few years ago, but he hasn't really turned out into anything special. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess you could, at best, you could sell him to Turkey or China. Um, but I just, I personally don't. No, think you're not selling. So you might let him go for free. Like, go ahead, we'll rescind your contract yeah. because you got a contract somewhere else. Well, not. I mean, who's gonna pay anything for that guy at this point? And I'm not hating on him. I'm just, know. I doubt it. I mean, but whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah. Porto are in a bit of a bind with. I mean. Three of their defenders, pretty much their entire defense is missing right now. We got Marcana, uh, Delote, and Ricardo all gone before be the fun. World Cup's even started. So, but I mean, we'll, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, they they know what to do. Okay, coming back to our Portugal and 
less of portal now. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, I was just looking at the players that were left out. We already, I think we just mentioned a couple of them already with uh, Adair. I don't think Adair is there in the squad. Easy. Let me just have a look. No, he didn't deserve to be there. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't deserve Adair is playing like Turkey or something? Uh, Russia, local, you, Zach, That's believe Russia. it or not, guys, guys, let me, I don't know if you guys know this, and if you do, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure some of the listeners don't know this. Mm-hmm. Interesting fact, interesting, funny, hilarious fact is, Eder played a, a locomotive alongside uh, Manuel Fernandes, right? They won, they won the Russian, the yep, Russian Super League. Super League yep. And Zach, would yeah. you believe it? Last game of the year, they need to win it to be champions. Eder comes in at the same exact minute he came in for <laughs> Portugal, and he scored a game-winning really? goal, and they won 1-0, yeah? Uh, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I thought it was a made-up story. I thought it was BS. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I had to look. Yo, that it was a lot. He came up with the game-winning goal, winning in the same minute, scored a game-winning goal for the one-nothing victory. That to me, I was just, I was like, oh, maybe for another sense, we'll call him after all. But I guess not. Yeah, but I agree yeah. with you. I think that after, despite playing in Russia, Manuel Fernandes for me has has proved enough to be a starter in in Russia. He's, I think he's been. Um, he was both solid in the league and Europa League, and I think I would like to see him and Bruno Fernandes, whether that's in a double pivot with with Carvalho or or in a four three three with Carvalho. I feel like that's Portugal's best midfield, personally. Okay. Well, what about uh, this guy, uh, Ruben Neves? Yeah, he's part right. of the Wolverhampton team. Yes, that that, that promoted yep, from yep. the championship. I'm going to let Zach talk because I got a lot to say about this. Zach's going to praise him and then I'm going to chop Zach down. Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm going to win this debate like I always do. You're not going to um, win it. No. All right, let's All right wait. First, let me just say this. I I loved, I I think I started following Nevis in like 2014 or 2015. I I really liked the look of him. Um, and he just, he really impressed me in his, his like initial kind of breakout season at Porto. Um, the following season, he was he was pretty injury prone, but I still you know knew he had a ton of process, pro, promise. Um, Porto, it, with like early into the summer, they had to sell a ton of players, but just to uh, uh, you know like be you know comply with FFP basically. Um, and so they sold they sold Nevs to Wolves. And I was like, what seriously? There was no team. I mean, there are a ton of teams that could need yeah. uh, a player like Nevsh. Um, and, and yet he's going to the championship. But I got to say, he, I, I didn't expect him to like win his way into contention for a Portugal starting spot. Um, I mean, or even for a squad spot. But he was tremendous this season. I would argue that he was the most impressive player I watched in the championship this season. Just automatic for Wolves, and I think he'll be uh, superb in the Premier League, honestly. Um, but I, I gotta say, I really do think that um, that that they messed up here, big time. And I know that a lot of, I think, I feel like a lot of um, coaches. One thing I've noticed that I'm noticed that a lot of coaches have a tendency to not bring two defensive midfielders. You know, I think mm-hmm. that, um, for example, Sam Pauli didn't really bring another defensive midfielder besides um, besides Bilia. Bilia. Bilia, I yeah. mean, you know, he had Mascherano, but he's going to play him at center back. Yeah. Most, or we might play him even, I don't know, but he is a center back. Um, then you've got like uh, Joakim Lowe, who didn't really put 
uh, who didn't call up um, another DM besides, uh, well, I would argue the DM would be Tony Cruz. But I think, I mean, I for me, because Nevis is a player who can not only play at DM, he can play as a six, or I mean, he can play yeah. as an advanced CM. Um, and so I got to say, he play anywhere across that. I think the midfield central part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he had a better season than pretty much every Port- Portuguese midfielder there. And I mean, I get it that you don't call players on form. You get call them on how much they can jump the squad. I mean, that's that's basically why Leroy Sané didn't make it to the yeah. Germany team. Because, I mean, he hasn't performed in the friendlies that he has played in, despite being a world beater this season. Um, but for me, Nebsch... Neb should have gone. I mean, I'm not sure exactly who I would have cut. Um, I mean, but I know he's been better than Moutinho, been better than even João Mario, who has done pretty well at West Ham. But, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I got to say, I personally think uh, Neb deserved. I mean, I just think he's got a little something special, a little bit of finesse. Um, and honestly, one of my biggest issues with Fernando Santos's squad selection this summer was that he he seemed to rely on so many of the players that got him to to winning the the Euro 2016 which I mean I totally understand but I feel he like kept, he kept 12 guys if I'm not mistaken Zach he brought in 11 really? new guys from the 2016 yeah exactly yeah. you didn't even think about okay. that right and so almost well, half of many, the squad was revamped how many players are going to start that that were brought in? I mean, right. Andre Silva, okay. Um, I mean, Bernardo Andre Silva. Silva. Bernardo Silva. Bernardo. Well, Bernardo. To be fair, Bernardo got an injury before he would have made the squad. Okay, he but he didn't. wasn't. He but, wasn't. Yeah, that's fair. But that was one of my issues personally with with Santos' squad. I think that's another reason why you could argue that Cedric uh, made the squad and and Nelson Semedo or or even Cancelo didn't. Um, look, but look, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna say something about Ruben Neves. I'm gonna say one time. I don't want to repeat myself. Okay. As good as he was this season, as fantastic as he might have played, yeah. Mm-hmm. We lose track and we've lost sight of the fact that it was in the second division in England. I, I don't want to hear no noise about no Ruben Neves. Talk to me next <laughs> year when he plays in the Premier League, Zach. It's my honest opinion, and I'll stick to it. And it's not going to change. Okay, but we're, you we're could, talking you, about a player who's. Look at he's his not. Price you're talking about look a player. We're talking. We're yep. talking about a player that couldn't beat Nelson Oliveira. Uh, not Nelson Oliveira. I'm sorry. Um, what's his name? Uh, Oliveira. Oh my God. Sergio what's the center? Oliveira. Sergio, Sergio Oliveira. Oliveira. It couldn't be Sergio Oliveira for a spot on the Porto squad. Look, he had a fantastic season. Next year, after he does something in the Premier League, then we'll talk. Until then, good. He scored goals in the second division in England a bunch of against a bunch of guys that they don't play football. They do is run it anyway. I mean, come on, Zach. I can't believe you guys come are on. really. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. But I. But you're, you're talking about you're talking about Neves failing to beat out Oliveira. I mean, I don't even have to bring up uh, with you how many how many amazing Benfica prospects couldn't beat out a certain player. For a starting spot, ended up moving and having like yeah, but he did, fine, Zach, and I've Bernardo never and I've Silva. never wait wait I've never once made an argument for any of those guys who are in the second division in any other country to be starting on a national team. That's what you fail to realize. I'm not saying this kid won't be special at some point. That's the true. fact is, he played in the second division, and people are clamoring for this guy to be on the national team. I don't really have a problem with it. Honest to God, 
I mean, it's kind of to do with he was at Benfica or Porto. I don't care because you had guys on that team, right? Diogo Jota, mm-hmm. who's spectacular, right alongside him for Wolves. Did he get called up to the national team? No. What about Ivan Cavaleiro, a former Benfica star? No. What about Cavaleiro the Helder? was not that good, though. And, I mean, but Jota, I'm, but while I'm, he was good, okay. Okay. I'm just mentioning guys on that team, other Portuguese guys that had very good seasons for Wolves. And you don't see anyone else making an argument. Look. I get it. There's not that many center, uh, that many uh, defensive center mid options for Portugal. I get it, and that's a little bit worrisome. But I do think that Ruben Dias could play that position if need be in an emergency situation. Yeah, no way. Adrian no Silva, way. who had a terrible season, does not belong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does not belong on this. Does not belong on this on this team. Uh, Adrian Silva, he could Nets? play that. I, look again. I think the Nevs thing, playing in the second division, was the one thing that held him back. Had he done this, had he done the same exact Come thing on. he did, Premier League pr- probably is. Yeah, had Let he done that, that, Premier League, he's off the team. Let me just say that if, if Nevs had gone to like Leipzig or Monaco yeah, or yeah. I don't know, I don't know, I don't care, who, some other team that's in, he would have done it just as good. I mean, okay. this is a, well, Zach, this is Zach, a special Zach. play. We, we I know will it's see. We will okay. see next year. All yeah, right. yeah. By this time next year, we'll talk. Let's see what he does in the Premier yeah, League. Yes, we'll have to have this. Big boys. Yeah, we'll have to take in this topic next year again. See how this guy. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Okay. And next, I mean, I, the next but, couple of guys. Yeah, sure. uh, so yeah, that's it for Nevs. The next yeah. couple of guys, they were in two big teams, but they just disappeared into the wilderness. Uh, one is Renato Sanchez, and the other one is uh, Andre Gomez. Okay. So okay. They, they were there in the first team. One is Bayern Munich and the other one Barcelona. But they were difficult. Yeah, non, if, non-discussion. Yeah. It's a non-discussion. Yeah, not even a topic that we should. Renato Sanchez. I absolutely love Renato Sanchez. He's. But, yeah. uh, I, I adore the guy. I, I think he needs to come back to Benfica alone. And there's speculation. There's rumors that Benfica and Bayern Munich are are currently in negotiations to bring him back on a two-year loan to get this kid's confidence back yeah, up. Yeah. He absolutely lost uh, any of his confidence. And if you've ever played soccer, I don't care how good you are, and you know. If you lose your confidence, it's, it's all, all downhill yep, yep, for you. Yep, yep. Um, yep. So to me, Renato Sanchez was terrible at Swansea. First he, player this, of the this season. This is a factor. Yes, I, 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 I'd vote him the worst player in the Premier League this season. Yeah, he the was worst he was player bad. in the Premier League? Yep, 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 one definitely. Of, one of the worst. I think there were, I mean, he's definitely up there. Worst I think player? I mean, yep. I think it, it's got to do with who it is, but I think it's unfair for a guy who gets injured it is he wasn't playing it's like if he played all the time and he was just garbage i yep, get it yep yep, yep but yep. if you're not on the field because you're injured how could you be voted the worst player i, nah, just, I, I don't agree with that i Again, think that it like, was, for me a worst yeah. <laughs> i think the worst player is like a person who if if you had someone else in that position you wouldn't have gotten relegated yeah, i mean i think definitely. i don't think renato despite playing terribly as terribly as he did i i think that um, I don't. I don't think he is the reason why uh, Swansea got relegated. I mean, I think one of the reasons may have been appointing Carvajal. Um, a few reasons could just that, be. That's one of the reasons. Wow, Zach, did you pay attention to to? to well, <laughs> did you pay? Did you pay attention to the Premier League this year? He he, he came in. They, they had like 12 points all year, and then he proceeded to get eight points in like their next six games, or which is more points than they practically had all year. 
And then at the end of the year, yeah, they, they kind of crashed and burned. Renato comes in in Look, January, does nothing. But to say because of the, wait, when Renato the coach came, came in, in the they were in last place about? already. Okay, wait, no, 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 no. Last, pretty much Here's the, the thing. I know you want to defend your Portuguese managers. In fact, in Swansea, played terrible football. And Zach, they, Zach, what? Zach, Zach. What? They were in last place when he, when he got appointed okay. already, halfway through the I season. Know. How are you going to say he's the reason why they got relegated? When, and I can't believe you just See, used that card. Hold on. I, I can't believe I can't believe you just used that card on me that I'm trying to defend the port. I don't care if he's whatever nationality. The point is the coach gets appointed when they're already halfway through the season in last mm, place. Definitely. The coach proceeds yeah. to in the next 10 games accumulate as many points as they had all season. And you're going to blame him? That makes well, no sense. I don't care. I don't care where okay. he's from. All right. I'm saying, okay. I'm just I being just fair. Think, I, I, think that, I think that if they appointed someone else, a uh, few more uh, managers who were available and who would have, in my Bro, opinion, they appoint, taken, They appointed, what's his name? Paul Clement, whatever, Clement. Paul Clement. That, the guy that was in this. Yeah, yeah. a and guy who. He kept who, them up, unlike, unlike Carball. He, he kept, them, kept up. them up. Okay, so he then why do you get fired? Season. So why do you get fired? Well, because. Okay. So I'll, 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 I'll come when, when Carbajal took over. They were like, I don't know, 14, whatever the hell it was. Okay, yeah, I'll, no, no, no. But, but here's the thing. I think that, I think the, the thing about Clement and, you know, Carbajal, I, I was saying while, while Swansea were still in like 15th or 16th, while it seemed like they were going to stay up, I was saying that they should fire him and get someone else because I feel like, you know, that, that was one of the, that was kind of the, one of the factors of Swansea's demise. See, they, they trusted and they keep trusting in these caretaker managers to 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 manage a full season when that's not who they are. They're just caretaker managers. And I mean, I'm not. I am no. I'm definitely not saying that Carval is the reason um, that Swansea went down. But I I think that Swansea don't have that bad of a squad. I think that if someone else had gotten appointed, and I'm not trying to scapegoat him, but I do think that he should have been appointed. I mean, this is the guy who pretty much failed. With Sheffield Wednesday, and I mean you're you're just talking about me how how like Nev sh shouldn't have made the World Cup because he's playing Champions Championship, dude. Carvajal got fired from Sheffield Wednesday, who are like I'm not what, in like, League you're, One. You like, fail. You you fail. You you're, you're failing to listen to me. You're hearing me, okay. but you're not listening to me. It's two different things here. You could hear me all you all want, right. but if you're not listening, it won't sink in. Not defending I'm Carvajal. I'm not telling Carvajal is a tremendous manager. I'm not telling Carvajal should, should ever be hired again. Okay? All okay. I'm telling you is it's unfair to make the comment that you made. When you said okay. they might have gotten relegated because of him. That might have been. And what I'm trying to tell you is when he comes in and they're, and they're in last place already, ha past halfway through the season, right? It's unfair whether Zinedine Zidane, who got appointed, and criticized that head coach then for the fact that they had a, tr a terrible roster, as is, okay? He was already way past halfway point of the season. It's unfair to blame any coach for those for that season's failures. That's all I'm saying. Forget Carvajal. I don't care who it is, Zach. You get right, my so, drift? I guess you do. So agree to you with that. But, I mean, with, with back to your original point, I mean, yeah, as the only person in this podcast who actually has an Andre Gomes jersey, I mean, I will say... Um, you know, I, I loved Gomes. I remember when I, I had been following Gomes for a while and I remember like, um, just like driving to this golf course in the summer and like thinking, damn, there's, 
it seems like Gomes is going to go to Real Madrid. And then, like, in 23 minutes, the the entire thing, like, changed. Um, and and by the time I got out of my car and the golf course to check my phone, I was like, oh, my God, Gomes, Gomes has signed. I can't tell you the last time I've been so, so excited for a transfer. Because, I mean, I support Barcelona, and I really liked Gomes, and I wanted him to sign. Um, but, I mean, he has been a tremendous failure. He's not going to play another game for Barcelona. And I don't see any justification. I mean, he had plenty of chances in Portugal and he had plenty of chances in Barcelona. Um, I mean, I think that you have to look at the mental side of things. I don't think that Gomes is, is a, is, is, I, I think there's still hope for him. Yes. I mean, just because you can't make it at Barcelona doesn't mean you're a bad player. Um, <laughs> and I hope that he does make the right move and, and and bounce back. Yeah, go he, ahead. He's been criticized. Yeah. He's been criticized by the media a lot, lot as well. So he's he's had a lot of uh, problems right. with that, and I think it has to do with his mental uh, men- mental uh, attributes attributes as well. Because I think his confidence is low. Whenever he plays for Barcelona, he looks a bit nervous as well. So kinds of kind of loses the ball but uh, but 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 when you go back to the euros the 2016 euros you you saw a completely different player there so so i, I guess i guess he could still uh, revive his career somewhere else maybe may, the rumors that uh, he, he he might just be he might be uh, in england uh, and he might just sign sign for spurs I, i'm not sure if there's any truth to that but i think spurs would be a good destination for him Definitely. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that taking a new like challenge is always and good. What? Yeah, I just said that taking up a new challenge, if it's not working out at a particular place, it's, it's a good move, actually, because there's no point Wait. continuing at the bench or, you know, where you're not getting a chance to play. It actually affects your career as well. So. And Tottenham is a tough move because that's a team that is... In cha- in the Champions League, and it's uh, uh, it has a fan base which expects its team to uh, continue to get them into the Champions League. But I've actually I've said for a while that that's that's that could be the best move for his career. I think that he'd learn a lot under Pochettino. Yeah, and yep. I think as a as a guy who cares a lot about Andre Gomes, and you know, despite it working out not working out, um, I would love to see him go to Spurs. Or possibly a team below that level, um, but he's certainly good enough for a top five league or even like a Europa League team. Um, just didn't work out, but he's yeah. I mean, he just needs a needs to improve in confidence, basically. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's he's he definitely this isn't the end for him in Portugal either. I mean, I mean, I think if with the right move, he could certainly. Uh, get into the Portugal starting eleven at some point. Um, with regards mm. to the other person, other player you asked about, Renato Sanchez, I I actually remember uh, seeing his debut, and like Cristiano, correct me if I'm wrong, but he scored just this beautiful screamer, like after coming on, and I was like, wow, this kid is gonna be special. Um, and I, I remember following him that season, just really liking what I've seen. Really it wasn't his saw. debut, it was his first start. But yeah, you're close. Right, right, yeah, it was his first start, yeah. I was watching that on TV. And I mean, I think Renato Sanchez, I was like, damn, this guy is going to be special. And he hasn't been special since leaving Benfica. I mean, he went to Bayern. He was terrible there. Went to Swansea, was terrible there. Um, 
So, I mean, now, you know, what? it's, it's a question of, like, damn, what are you going to do? Because, I mean, you've gotten to a team that's amongst the best teams in the world, and you didn't work out there. And then you went to a team that just got relegated, and you did even worse there. So, obviously, there's there's no argument for either Gomes or Renato. Um, I mean, people are suggesting that... I mean, first of all, there's no way Renato should be at Bayern Munich next season. Uh, I'm sorry. Mm. Um, even if they sell Thiago and Arturo Vidal, he just, he's not ready for that. I really do think... And, and it's kind of... I mean, I think that the the option for him is you got to go back to square one. For me, I would love to see him at Benfica again. Um, you know, see a and midfield start of, from scratch you know, again. Yeah, exactly. Start from scratch again, and it's mm. like I feel like sometimes that's. I mean, I don't think there's any. I I don't think that Renato was homesick or anything. I just think he wasn't good. Maybe he wasn't ready mentally. Um, I mean, he's. I mean, he's still incredibly young. You know, he was... Yeah, he's probably 22, 23, is he? No, he's 20. I think... Yeah, he's 20. 20. He's 20 yeah. I mean, he, left he was at like... 18. Um, mm. I remember him being, like, amongst the youngest uh, players in Euro 2016 with Rashford, I think. Um, mm. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, Renato is... He's 20, okay? And that's an age where most players are getting discovered, Okay, that's an age where most yeah. players are just working their way up through the youth team, and we've got Renato here, where it seems like we've known about him forever, and he's just failed time. No, this kid's still twenty. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that. I mean, I I would love to see him in a front three, and I don't think he'd be an automatic starter at Benfica. He's gonna have to work his way in, but I feel like um a, a midfield three of Renato, Fesa, and Krovinovic that can that's mm-hmm. title winning material right there. Um. And yeah, it is. Or Zivkovic. Yeah, or Zivkovic. I'd prefer him on the wing, but I mean, maybe it's embarrassing. It's certainly humbling for him, you know, to to go to Bayern at 18. And I, I do think Jorge Mench had was was a, was a bit culpable, even even though I'll be it, it was still Renato's decision. Um, but I do think he was a bit culpable for pushing him along to too too um too quickly um but i think that that's a good that's a great move because i think the fans want him back i think he wants to go back um Mm. and and i don't i don't know if byron would sell immediately but just to get him on loan that way you know benfica don't have to spend anything pretty much i i would love that move um and i i think um, it's gonna happen i think it's really close to happening and if uh, if i'm buying if I'm Bayern, I absolutely sign on for that because Bayern pretty much sending a guy out on loan who for free, right, to a team that's going right. to redevelop this kid and re remarket him once again. You know, by him playing at Benfica, his value is only going to go up. And again, his first, his initial choice in going to Bayern, I'm not sure it was the exactly the best choice for him. I mean, you look at that midfield at the time. People want to sit here and criticize an 18-year-old player for coming to a foreign country and not starting on a team with Thiago, Martinez, Vidal, and Alonso. I don't know how many I don't know many 18-year-olds in the history of football that would initially start over that midfield, you know, trio or those four guys that I just mentioned. So it's not exactly a knock. Now, his performances at Swansea, absolutely. The kid was totally lost. And again, it has to do a lot with the fact that when he initially got to Bayern, 
and you're 18 mm-hmm. years old and you don't know how to deal with these situations and you're not playing and all of a sudden you're facing the first turmoil in your young career, it it's real simple and real easy for you to lose your confidence. And it's yeah. what it's about. He needs to go to a team that's going to nurture him, a team that's going to give him memes, you know, that's going to give him love and give him every opportunity to refine himself. And that team is Benfica. And I think Bayern would be smart to let him go to Benfica. You're pretty much letting this kid go back to where he's comfortable, find his, find his football once again. And if he turns it around, great. I mean, there's no harm, no loss for you at, at Bayern, at, at, you know, at, at the club. Yeah. And if he doesn't turn around, he really doesn't hurt you either way because he's not on your club at the same time. So yeah. I think it's it's right. a no-win situation for both. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, right. And that's I just true. I just want to reiterate, this kid is 20 years old. I mean, I I think that I, I really do think that uh, Usmane Dembele and Kylian Mbappe especially have, have raised the expectations for a 20-year-old. Uh, yeah. yeah, for like pretty much every you know, 20-year-old or teenager out there, they all expect them to, you know, gel. You know, the fact is those two kids are once-in-a-generation uh, kind of athletes, okay? I mean, I don't think Renato is on that same level, although I did think he was before. Yeah, but, but, but Zach, I mean, but Zach even, even Renato, people expected him just because he got sold for $35 million plus a bunch of, I don't know, another yeah. 60 whatever it was in options, right? But because right. he got sold for $35 million at 18 years old, that this kid, oh, my God, he, he, he's a surefire Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? You're fan, you know, people have to give 18-year-olds a little bit of time to adjust, you know what I mean? A little bit of time. Look, Mbappe is fantastic as he is. It, absolutely. Mbappe is great as a player as he is. He's in his home country. He's still in his comfort zone. Yeah. Dembele, you see Dembele. Yes, he goes to Germany where he came up with Dortmund. But now he goes to Barca and you see it's a different it's a different culture, different language, different teammates. And there's some people that are questioning whether Dembele should even continue at Barca. He hasn't exactly adapted as quickly as people anticipated he would. So these yeah. are th- these are things that are part of he, being a young staying, player. By the way. Okay, that's I mean, fine. The, but the president but just, just confirmed yeah. he, he is staying. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, even, even Mbappe, who's for me, is the greatest teenager uh, the world has seen since, like, probably Ronaldo. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, thing is, remember, remember against Real Madrid? I mean, Mbappe shot the bed. So... I mean, I think that you know you have to you have to look at this kid and, and realize he's he's still only twenty. I mean, I'm twenty, okay. I can't even legally drink in my country, so I mean, you know, he's he's a twenty year old. He's still getting this shit together. I mean, I I think we need to he needs to give him break. And I mean, one thing that's just a part of our culture is you know we expect these kids. We put so much pressure on them and just expect them to turn out amazing. Um, but the fact is, he's Renato is just like you and I. I mean, he's a 20-year-old kid, and he happens to be really good at football. Um, and I think that Renato, I mean, I think I would, I, I really do hope he goes to Benfica, um, and stays there for at least one year, maybe even two. Um, even though it is, I mean, you are going back to square one. Okay, it's not like if you're going to. I don't know, going to like, uh, like a team in France or Spain on, on, you know, you're not trying something new or you're not, you know, going back a level. No, no, you're starting, you're starting at, 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 from scratch. You know, you're, 
you're like it's like you're playing Monopoly or the game of life. You're going back to where you the to the start of the board game, okay? And yeah, that's just I think that's just the best option for him. I mean, I know we love to see. Um, I there's there's kind of something romantic, I think, about players coming home. You know, I think, I mean, Aguero uh, will probably go to go back home to Independiente at yep. the end of his contract. He's already confirmed that. Yep. But I mean, that's after leaving a legacy. You know, this isn't about, you know, just like going back, you know, to like fulfill a boyhood dream, like for example, Tevez did. You know, this is about starting from scratch, getting your bearings straight. And I, I really do hope, uh, I mean, because Renato is still 20. And yeah. I hope that Renato gets his bearings straight and f- focus on, like, what are his priorities. Focus on what kind of player he wants to be. Because he's not always going to have the luxury of staying at, Bi- at, staying at Benfica. I mean, he's going to have to, you know, either go back to Bayern at some point or go to a better club if he performs well, or go to, I don't know, like, somewhere else. Um, I mean, this is yeah, kind so, of like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because, he, like you said, like all of you said, uh, the, these kids, you know, the, the, stand, the benchmark has been set by uh, Mbappe and Dembele, so the exactly. expectations are there, right up there, for a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old, whatever, that age sort of kids or players. So, right. Uh, like, uh, like Olivier and said uh, it actually affects the confidence once you're taken out of your comfort zone it affects the players mentally and that actually translates to the way they play and all those stuff so we do really wish that uh, the exclusion from the world cup world cup squad doesn't uh take a too too deep a hole in his career no no because he's he's he's, he's still very young yeah, he's, he's still very young and he's, he's a big career ahead as well. It's a long career ahead, to be honest. He's just 20. So def- definitely he's going to have more chances uh, to play for the national team and uh, you know embark his place in the national team as well. So it's, it's definitely, yeah. he, he could just take this as a lesson for the future and he could just go back and like Zach said, he could, he could just start from scratch and build himself back again to the top. So that, that's, that's pretty yeah. much the best thing. I mean, I think both Andre and Renato have expected it coming from a mile. I mean, it's not like Nevsh, who, you know, who I will continue to argue, deserves to be on that plane to Russia. Um, I mean, those, you know, those two know that they've, they, they've screwed up, that they um, have been kind of laughingstocks, really. Um, and I would even go, fa- go as far as saying he, they've probably damaged... Benfica's reputation a little bit as a supplier of talent for me. Still one of the best um, suppliers of talent but I, out there. But I think, I mean, I think Renato, Andre is still kind of, is kind of old at this point. I don't know if he's like 23 or something. Still pretty young, I guess. But uh, Renato, you know, I think that a homecoming would be great. At this point, I think Andre Gomes, I mean, considering the fact that he didn't break out with Benfica, he broke out with Valencia, I would, I'd like to see him I don't, I'm not exactly sure where he's going to go. I'd like to see him go to London, though, Tottenham or West Ham. Um, and whereas Renato, I just think, I just think uh, Benfica is the only option that makes sense at all. And, and by the way, I've been saying it for uh, a while, but I, I think that Benfica are going are gonna to win the title next season. Yeah, oh, I think okay. they're going to reclaim the throne. Great, great, great. Okay, so wishing all the young guns who were 
left out from the squad. And all the best for the future and their career. Now, moving on from the young ones to one of the best players of all time, <laughs> uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Bernardo Silva? Talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, I want you guys to give your opinion about what he brings to the team both on and off the pitch, as well as uh, his influence in this Portugal team uh, on a whole. Um, Carrying well, forward I mean, to the World Cup, of course. Yeah, you, Cristiano, you can go ahead if you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go first. Uh, so, Christi- okay. uh, if, 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 to, to analyze Cristiano's whole season, Till until yeah. until November, November he was he was pretty bad he was he had a bad patch, especially in the La Liga. Yeah, he he had a bad patch in the La Liga. I think he scored just one goal. He just scored one goal as as of November, and suddenly he started bursting into life when the Champions right. League knockout stage started. He was he was, he was banging in go- a lot of goals here and there, and finally if you, if you look at it. He's won the Champions League and probably, most probably, he's the front-runner for the Ballon d'Or as well now. So, he'd be, he, yeah. he, he'd be looking at the World Cup and saying, if I win this, I probably have everything on my hands. There's, there's nothing more that, he, that, that that's left to achieve, to be honest, if, if he right. wins the World Cup. So, so definitely, this, is, this, this just might be his last World Cup as well. Who knows? This just might be his last World Cup and his last shot at the World Cup, to be honest. And I think he's gonna yeah. he's, he's gonna give it give it his all. And he, and he, he de- you never know, because considering Ronaldo's fitness levels, he probably might play one more. But this might be his last one when he's in his peak. Yeah, put it that way. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. I was I was just about to say. I mean, people always say that whenever Ronaldo has a bad, you know, he always. And he's been starting off the season pretty badly for like the past four seasons or something. I mean, people say, oh, Ronaldo's past it. He's never going to get back. But he always uh, comes in clutch. I don't know what it is, whether it's his mentality or maybe even his fitness regime. But he always comes clutch in spring. And he always, you know, saves his best for the end of the season, really. Um, So I think, you know, Ronaldo for me, and I think Messi is the greatest player ever. But I feel like Ronaldo is, is the most competitive player ever. And I just got to think that he's not going to retire. Um, he's not going to retire without a World Cup, or at least, you know, you know like uh, over his dead body, basically. I mean, I mean, I know I just yeah. said that, you know, Ronaldo is like, you hear me? Yeah, even I don't, I Messi don't think... Messi and Ronaldo are not, are not normal. They're, they're super, <laughs> okay? So Ronaldo is going to be... I don't care if he's going to be in PSG or Real Madrid or MLS, whatever. If he doesn't have a World Cup, if he goes out in like the quarterfinals, you you best believe he's going to be back for 2022 in Qatar. Okay? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, going to retire yeah. if, the, if he doesn't win this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You want to add yeah. anything to the Ronaldo factor, Oliveira? Uh, yeah. It seems uh, Cristiano is... Off the call. I, I don't know. It's, I think he's... Oh, something happened, uh, did it? Yep, 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 yep. I think he's, he's off the call. disconnected. Yeah, got disconnected, probably. Yep, yep. Yeah. We want to try and get back to him, uh, the metal guy, while I just have a word with Zach yeah, regarding de- his predictions. Right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Okay. So, Zach, yeah. uh, coming back to the, uh, what do you call, the squad that Portugal has, where do you, where do you see them uh, ending their welcome journey? Or give us your predictions to be like clear for our listeners. Ah, you know, I haven't actually done a, a specific draw prediction yet. But mm. I, I think, I personally think Argentina... Or or Brazil are gonna get it done. Argentina, just because I think I think Messi um, is going to. I think that Messi is gonna get it done. But I mean that's probably just false hope talking. I mean I think I think it's gonna be either Brazil or Argentina though to win it. Um, and I mm-hmm. think Portugal. I I I would consider them amongst like the six favorites though. I mean I would probably say Argentina for for my for me personally Argentina Brazil. Germany, mm-hmm. um, Portugal, um, I guess possibly France. Yeah, France, and not sure who else I'm missing, but um, um, Spain. Yeah, that. Would, yeah. Uh, maybe Spain. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Spain are, Spain are a great team, but I just don't. I don't think they have the cutting edge. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. Spain definitely amongst that group. Um, Portugal. I mean. Portugal it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting I think that you know you've got some really I think some players who really who really broke out um, this season Bruno Fernandes first one that comes to mind he you know he left Sampdoria um, where I didn't particularly think he was he didn't ca- particularly ca- catch my eye but after going to sporting he both he lit up not only uh, the Champions League not only the Europa League but also Liga Noche. Uh, I would say that he was one of the biggest reasons why sporting. And I thought they were going to challenge for the title for a while, but they eventually fell off. But it doesn't change the fact that Bruno was probably the best transfer in Liga Noche this season. I mean, Bruno, I, I, I really think that this kid is going to, you know, have a huge World Cup. Um, I think he'll definitely start. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I honestly think that while I think that Portugal are slightly worse than they were in 2016. I just, I, I really like their options going forward. And, uh, I mean, I hope, I certainly hope that Santos doesn't, like, limit them. But I just think, you know, so in terms of youth, in terms of creativity and just, just excellence, I think, you know, you've got uh, Gelson Martins, uh, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes in the 10. Um, then you've also got, I mean, sure, you've got obviously Ronaldo and Silva, um, yeah. I think the concerns are probably in defense, um, mm. but the defense then again, that we talked about earlier. Yeah, but then again, I mean, you know, the more the more I think about it, I think that Portugal have a good chance because I think even even despite um, Portugal's center back crisis with you know Pepe, you know, as we talked about for Ruben Dias being incredibly evergreen, Pepe, you know, he's still he's in Turkey, he's uh, reaching twilight of his career. Fonte doing the same, Bruno Alves doing the same. The fact is, uh, you know, their individual flaws, I think, will be uh, covered up by Santos' system. And I think you've just got to hope. I mean, I mean, look, the fact is, Cristiano Ronaldo has won the past three Champions Leagues. All right? <laughs> yeah. He's faced all of these competitors um, that he's going to be playing against in the Champions League. I mean, the, the same guys who are going to be uh, fighting against him to claim the World Cup, he's already done away with in the Champions League for the past 
past three seasons, and he's come three out seasons. on top. And, and I, four out of I would, five. I would, yeah, he's a big major. And I would, I would even argue that um, the past two seasons, I gotta say, um, you know, I've always criticized Ronaldo in big games and just not letting, not taking the lead. Um, I mean, last season was one where I just thought, wow. I mean, this is one of the greatest individual campaigns ever in the Champions League. I mean, practice, he got it done against Juventus. He got it done against PSG, um, yeah. Napoli. He got it done against um, who else? Uh, Letico. Yep, last um, year, last year. Bayern. In this season, I think he mm. he did well. I I think that honestly, Ronaldo. I mean, while he did do well, he he kind of for me he he flopped after the first leg against Juve. Didn't do well against. Uh, in the second leg, albeit didn't have Benzema in sport, I, I was underwhelmed with him against Bayern, and um, I I honestly thought he was he was pretty invisible in the final against well. Liverpool. Yep, yeah, yep, definitely. I'm I'm eternally grateful for to that pitch invader for stopping him from scoring <laughs> that goal because I just know that you know he would have done nothing like he did in 2014 and then mm-hmm. scored and then you know taking off his shirt and pretending like he carried yeah. a victory. But I mean. No, I mean, look, Ronaldo, um, it's been said already, he's a freak of nature. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. The fact is, he's he's incredible um, physically and just fitness-wise. I mean, he just, yeah. I think he just trains so hard. And that's one of the biggest reasons why, look, this guy is still, he still comes in clutch every spring when it's game time. Um, exactly. And I yeah. think Ronaldo, I mean, that will be the key. Because the fact is, this guy is, for me, the greatest competitor of all time. And what is the yeah. pretty much like the only trophy he has not gotten his paws on is the World Cup. Cup yeah. So World you Cup. you best believe that he's going to be doing everything he can um, to win it. And I actually do think I don't think Portugal are going to win it, but I think they have the tools to do it. I think this defense is good enough. I think the midfield is pretty darn good. Um, mm. I mean, and also you know. You know, did, Portugal did play ugly in in 2016. They usually yeah. play ugly, but fact is, most teams, most international teams, play ugly football. Okay, I can't remember. I mean, just like in the past few years, besides uh, Del Bosque's Spain, I can't think of many teams who particularly played beautiful football. Um, so, I mean, you can get the job done by playing ugly football. Okay. And I think yeah. that, like we said earlier, I mean, yeah, just, 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 no one bothers. Yeah, just, just look at Jose Mourinho, yeah. for example. Yep. I mean, and I think Santos has done a good job, even though I don't think he's the best coach in the world. I think that, look, Santos, Santos is, uh, um, you know, he's he has managed this team well. Um, and while I disagree with some of the, um, some of the squad. Choices, for example, I think that I think that uh, Nelson Shamedo deserved to be on the plane instead of um, instead of um, uh, Cedric, and um, I, I'm not so hmm. sure about betting on Guerrero. To be honest with you, I I think that um, the fact is you're well. I think Cohen Shaw actually may have pulled himself out of out of contention for the World Cup. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So that's more of his fault. But, I mean, so I guess you can't really blame them for calling up Guerrero and Mario Rui. Um, but, I mean, that's that's still good enough to win it. I mean, uh, I think, I mean, personally, I think I would have called up someone. I would have called up someone like Paolo Oliveira 
who has been decent for Ibar this season over yeah. over Brovs. But I get I get that you know this is a defensive manager. He's going to call the players that he gels with because it's not All always right. about who's the best player. It's about who's the best in the locker room. Who's about you know you know leading this team to victory. Um, and I when you think about it, I think that there's this. I think that they are one of the favorites to win it because I just mm. think there's so many different ways Portugal can win. I think there's so yeah. many different options. You know, even with like Andre Adrian Silva, who didn't play for half a season because of that failed transfer, and then when he did play for Leicester, didn't particularly do too well. Um, or you know, even draw Mario, who you know kind of struggled until the end of the season to pick up form. Exactly. I mean, there's yeah. still players that Santos knows. You know, the players that. Santos uh, likes and that play well for Santos. So, I mean, I get yeah. why they would play him. Um, but, I mean, the fact is Portugal have so many different tools. They can go with kind of the one-two punch that, that Real Madrid have used with Ronaldo and Benzema. You know, have like Andre Silva. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be big ask uh, for him to play in the Benzema role. But I honestly think he can get it done because I think that he's either playing for a big move or he's playing to make Milan realize that, mm. yo, I'm really good. You should you should hang on to me. Yeah, definitely. So I think yeah. he's going mentally, he knows that he's coming off a disappointing season and he wants to prove to people that he's not just like an overrated prospect, that, you know, he is the real deal. Um, so I have faith that Silva, when called upon, will get the job done. I think it, it depends on what what approach Santos leaves, um, leaves in, in each particular game. Because I think that they have the tools to play in different certain ways. I mean, in 2016, there's there's no doubt they got incredibly lucky in plenty of games. But they have the tools. You know, if you want to play the one-two punch with Silva and Ronaldo, go ahead. If you want to use that pace on the wing with Getch and Gelson, go ahead. Um, you know, if you want to go ultra-defensive and beat them on the counter, you can do that. I mean, Portugal have so many different ways to win and they've got that confidence factor which which I would argue that I mean I think that if there's one thing that will hold my personal pick Argentina from winning it it'll just be the lack of con- confidence I think that just mentally mm. so many players and you can put in that confidence to this Portugal team like you said they certainly have right. the tools yeah yeah and, and they went they, they went against the odds and they won the euros okay I mean, they won against the odds. Fact is, Argentina have lost the past three finals they've been in. I've run, I've written about this before, that they just have kind of a skewed relationship with the fans, and mm. and I think that that's interesting. And I think that there's kind of a, a PTSD that comes with losing three straight finals. I think, I mean, the fact is, um, you know, I had hoped after the 2016 Copa loss, I had hoped for Argentina to kind of like get in a bunch of new guys. And while I like Sam Pauli, I, I gotta say I'm a bit frustrated with the fact that he didn't blood in as many youngsters as I would have liked. You know, he's um he's basically called up a ton of the same guys that 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 played that lost in the in the 2016, 2015, 2014 um tournaments. And Correct. you know, yeah. while you could argue that, you know, they're good enough, they've been good enough for their clubs to to merit a spot fact is you have to you have to recognize that kind of that mental dilapidation that like it takes 
to lose three straight finals, be so close, and to lose in the dying moments every single every single final. I mean, that's got to take a huge mental toll on you. Yeah, it it takes, yeah, take, it probably, yeah, it would have taken a big toll on their mental, exactly. you know, mentality. Gives a and big, you just got to think, back. going back into, the, like, what if they play in the final? You got to think that in the back of their mind, they're like, there's, there's going to be a voice that's like, you're going to screw up again, you know? Yeah. It yeah. will be there, certainly, certainly. So, like you said, um, we got to wrap yeah. up now. It's almost time for us. Of course. Now. Yeah. Um, uh, so, it was wonderful uh, talking with you, Zach, and the Metro Yeah, thanks guy. so much for having me. Yeah, great, 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 great. Unfortunately, to be we lost Christian. I think something might have happened to his uh, yeah. uh, connection. I don't know. He's, yeah. We tried getting him back on, but something stopped from getting us through. So, anyway. Right. So certainly, like you said, it was it, this Portugal does have a powerful team. You know, all the tools, right? Definitely. You know, they have the mix of youth, experience, and a mix of a good and bad and medium type of players. Certainly, right. de- decent squad enough. To yep, do it. they have a decent squad to win. A very, very decent squad yeah. to do it. Yeah. So right. very powerful. A very powerful tool to. Get the job done. Let's see how they do. So you say top six, right? You consider Portugal to be in the top six. Definitely. Top six definitely in top sense six. You, you do see them uh, reaching at least the quarterfinals, right? At least quarters, yeah. I mean, they're definitely in my six favorites. I could even see them. I could see them winning it. Like I said, they just they have the tools and they have the 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 mentality and the the kind of blueprint. They have everything it takes to win the World Cup. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, thank you for listening or to all our listeners from worldwide because this podcast, if you look at the uh, people that we have on the podcast, we have two people, Zach and Christiana from all the way in the US. We have Metaphor Guy who's in India and me, the host, Catalyst Shankar at Melbourne, Australia. So, if you look at this the size of this podcast, it's like a worldwide stuff. You know, three time zones, three different time zones. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was nice talking Thanks. to you. Nice having you uh, on the show, Jack, uh, Zach. Same, and same, same. Thanks for having thank me on. Too. I hope to be on again. Yeah, yeah sure. definitely. Sure. Yep. forward to that. And even though Christian is not here, just have yeah. a shout out to Cristiano as well. Thank you for being on Cristiano. Yep, uh, yeah, right. Probably next time we'll have you for the, the last for 10, 15, where you just jumped off the ship. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. So thank you for listening, guys. There's, see you guys soon. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Great. Thanks so much, guys. Taken quickly. Hamas is last part of the story. Just First 40 minutes we've seen. Here's Ronaldo. Oh, it's magnificent. You don't stop those. And Javi Varas was clawing it. Oh, deflector, everyone almost caught a Sammy Kadira. Ronaldo! Oh! Did he really just do that? You've got to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. Real Madrid's first shot on target. And ex- Rafael Guerrero with the cross. Ronaldo! Cristiano Ronaldo breaks